welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty, hosted by Jody Katz, founder and creative director of Base Beauty Creative Agency. Hi, Esperanza. Hi, Molly. How are you? How are you doing today? Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I love recording things over Zoom because... Everyone loves to talk over each other on accident. Love it. <laughs> but I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm hanging in there, having a lot of fun. Gotta love it. Happy first day of spring. When we're recording this, it's the first day of spring. Yes. Happy first day of spring. It's my favorite season. What about you? It it has come to be my favorite season as well. Because, like, I always was a fall girl because my birthday's in the fall and... I just love some crunching leaves and I love the fall holidays, but now I love the spring because I'm very much a colors girl and I love bright colors. I just feel like that fits perfectly in the spring. So I've kind of come to be a spring girl. Totally. I've always been a spring girl. I'm a spring baby. So yeah, I feel like your favorite season always kind of lines up with when your birthday is. <laughs> totally, totally. It's that. And also, I just love when the flowers are coming out on the trees yes. and the leaves come back to life. I just, I hate dead trees. Me so too. seeing them like come alive again is just the best part of the year. Yeah, I totally agree. But anyway, today we're talking <laughs> about episode 205 with the VP of product at Cision, Sinead Norenis Renier. We got to listen to it when we did the live recording on YouTube, which, by the way, if you haven't been following us on there, you totally should because we get to do some exclusive content on there that we you don't hear on here. So check that out on our YouTube. We're Brain Seed Beauty Podcast. But yeah, Sinead was so awesome. Like She was literally the nicest person. Yeah, totally. Sinead was a really lovely guest. We were having so much fun just like in the green room before we went live. And then even after too, we went live. It was just, she's just a lovely person to talk to. Yeah, she just has such like a happy personality and is super inspiring. And I feel like she's done like a million things in her life. And she shows you that like you really can like try different avenues for your career like just test things out and if you don't like it you could try something else absolutely yeah I think she made me feel better about the career path that I've taken too to get here but I'm really excited to be here um and also she got really personal with us too so it was really uh inspiring to hear from her yeah totally I think she's just like such an awesome person to hear from she's so inspiring she's so real and it felt like she was like really talking to us as just like a friend so I'd highly highly recommend you stick around and listen to this episode because it's a really good one yeah so let's just hop in let's hop in Hey there, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. I'm very excited to introduce our guest of our 204th episode. And here she is. So this is our theme of technology. So we invited Sinead Norinas (laughs) Renair. Did I do it right? I hope so. (laughs) Okay, wait. Let me turn it in. Sinead Norinas. 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 Would you like to introduce yourself? Rainier, <laughs> it's a mouthful. Can you imagine? Rainier, 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 it's a mountain. Rainier. Okay, Sinead Norinas Rainier is here. 
So welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty, Sinead. Thank you so much for having me, Jody. It's such a pleasure. Well, we are here on the topic of technology, and you are the VP of Product Decision. And for everyone who's listening who's a publicist, like they know Cision very well, right? It's part of their day-to-day in their job. And I'm so excited to hear about your journey and your career and um, how technology plays a big role. But before we do that, I want to go back in time with you to your 11-year-old self. Uh, What do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, so many things. Um, I was probably that child that thought I could and would do everything. I, I probably have wanted to be to be a couple of things anywhere from at one point I thought I wanted to be a nurse like my mom until I discovered I can't stand the sight of blood or vomit or anything like that so that wasn't going to work out I then was going to be a policewoman and actually went to the academy for a little bit until I realized that I'm a big scaredy cat at night and when you are a new recruit you work the graveyard shift which I decided was probably not a good thing with a gun in my hand if I'm that scared and terrified. So I figured beauty was safe. (laughs) When I wanted to grow up, I wanted to be a really famous makeup artist. So that is how we kind of entered into, into the beauty space. But it was not without trial and error. Was there a makeup artist who you like saw on TV or in magazines that really inspired you back then? Well, back then, um, Kevin Acquaint was like absolutely my favorite. I mean, I still have his books to this day and his transformations were just probably so inspirational. I'd say he was, he was top for me. Oh, that's so cool. Okay. So did you ever go to um, become a makeup artist? Oh, sure. Sure. In Santa Barbara, I was a makeup artist at a local salon there called Skin Deep for many years. And it was actually there that I then decided to get into aesthetics. So I left Santa Barbara, went back home to San Francisco, got my aesthetic license, and then started as a um, medical esthetician for a plastic and reconstructive surgeon down in uh, Newport Beach, California. So yeah, it was, that was my entry point. Do you remember one of your first customers as a makeup artist where you like prepared to um, make them beautiful or was that scary also? No, it wasn't scary. I, I figured if I could put makeup on myself half decently, there was hope. So it did not scare me at all. I would be, well, I mean, I'm not great at makeup for myself. So I just <laughs> become became a skincare girl because, you know, that's easy. It's hard to mess that up. But I could imagine like the first day of somebody coming to me for a special occasion or a special moment and just being a little um, hopeful that I could get it right for them. Yeah, yeah. No, I, as I said, I figured, okay, just get this over the line. You can do a good job. (laughs) Just don't screw this up. But it wasn't so much nerves as much as excitement, honestly. It ended up being a wedding. So it was a hard one to enter into, but... Once you cut your teeth on that, I think you you gain a little bit of confidence. Oh, I love that. So, um, you know, this um, theme we have this quarter is technology. Mm-hmm. And this is such a great fit for you to be a guest because not only your job today, but like you're such an innovator in technology. And it's, you know, going through your LinkedIn is actually quite fun because it's like a tour through how the industry has evolved, right? You've really yeah, been on the front lines of so much evolution and ties to technology in our industry. So I know we're going to have a lot of fun today, 
But, um, you know, let's start with Cision, right? Because that's where you are now. And, yeah. you know, this business started as an innovative technology company, right? Like it changed the way um, publicists get to do their job and sell their work, really, quite frankly, to clients. What role is technology playing now in the future of the business? Yeah, that's a that's a great question and one that we are tackling head on right now. So for us, and the reason why I'm at Cision is I was brought over by our chief product officer and technology officer to kind of reimagine the tools that at first, obviously journalists and the people that we serve, but most importantly, uh, needing to be able to take a step back and figure out how we can address the entire content creator ecosystem. Because now it's not just about journalists. Journalists will always have a place and it's a critical critical part of, of reporting, news, et cetera, as we all know. But even their jobs have significantly changed, right? So you see a, a decline in print readership and a lot of these publications going out of business but the journalism's not really been lost. It's just evolving. So now you're seeing journalists that are also freelancers and they are building their own social media presence. And so Cision has the responsibility to adapt to those changes. And so I was brought in to really rethink what those tools are for content creators as a whole. So including journalists, thought leaders, podcasters, even down to traditional social media influencers. What are the tools that we have to provide as a company in order for them to do their jobs more efficiently, number one? And then number two, how do we build tools that create a better ecosystem for both sides of the equation? Because for instance, you touched upon, you know, if you're in PR, you know Cision. And that's the way that we've we've always gone about our business is servicing PR professionals. But we now need to really pay attention to the content creators in that exact same ecosphere and be able to give them the tools so that they can communicate, collaborate, and then ultimately transact in one ecosystem um, so that we can provide all the robust data and insights to both sides of, as I said, of the ecosystem so that everybody can make more informed and empowered decisions moving forward. So Sinead, you know, you said in the beginning when I asked like your 11-year-old self, what do you want to be when you grow up? You said, I want to be a lot of things. And you literally have been a lot yes. of things. Like <laughs> you like actually made that happen. So, um, you know, um, going back in time, um, you were at the front of influencer marketing and influencer marketing innovation and technology, which is so cool. And um, I feel like I was on that side in the creative way and you were on that side in the technology way. And I know I'm dating us <laughs> both by saying this. <laughs> but, you know, it's so cool to think about the front lines of influencer marketing. Like when we started working on our first influencer marketing programs and Clinique was actually our agency's first client way back then for this work. It was a, I mean, it's still the wild west, but it was like really uncharted territory, right? And I remember our clients being really nervous about how their media contacts were going to react mm-hmm. to this work, right? It was very, very tentative and sensitive. So um, I want to hear about 
innovation and technology in that influencer marketing space when you first started um, in that um, that space as an entrepreneur? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was working for a very well-known sunless tanning company, and I saw the industry going where it was as far as the amazing power that the internet could have. And I actually approached this company, even though I was in platform education, I approached this company that I was working for and I said, hey, let me run your digital strategy. We should be doing so much online. And exactly that, Jody. it was, oh no, we will never sell online. It was so lowbrow, right? <laughs> it was so lowbrow. And I just thought, wow, that is such a missed opportunity here. And I actually got frustrated. I came home, talked to my husband, and he was like, Sinead, let's do it ourselves. And that's really what started my kind of beginning of being an entrepreneur in the social media space. So I quit uh, my job. I started a blog. And, you know, it was very, very uh, telling of that those times, too, because my blog was called selftanningqueen.com, like very original. But anyways, it was a way that I felt was incredibly powered, be, powerful to be able to talk to your end consumers directly. Um, and so built a, a blog following, a social media following. And then when we started to produce products, what I actually did was early, early crowdsourcing. So I know sometimes Glossier gets all the credit of crowdsourcing, but really we were doing it in early 2007 and 2008. And we would send lab samples to people that were following me on my blog and Facebook, et cetera, for feedback. And then when we actually had a brand, we allowed all of our followers to have a say in the name of our products, in the logo. We invited all that input directly from the consumers. And then when we actually had a full product line to go to market, we had this amazing, almost like this little cult following that was championing the brand from the beginning. And that's when we got the attention of HSN um, because HSN was all, they were kind of interested in this amazing world of beauty bloggers. And we had such a great following um, that they actually, funny enough, you know, people used to turn their nose up to TV shopping as well. And yet they were one of the first to embrace what I was doing. And I thought, isn't that interesting? Another company that also could be considered a little lowbrow was actually pretty smart in identifying and saying, wow, Sinead, this is something interesting. So I was the first guest at HSN to ever bring on a fellow beauty bloggers onto a show and to talk about the product. So that's kind of how it's my, my journey started, was just seeing an opportunity. And I think that's where it's about looking at the opportunity and uh, going after it, even if people don't see it. So Sinead, when you started that, well, you quit the job and started your blog, did you have this all mapped out in your head? Or was this something that evolved over time? No, it evolved over time for sure. I was lucky enough, my boyfriend at the time, now my husband, <laughs> was um, in online marketing and an entrepreneur as well. And I was very, very lucky, obviously, to have met him, period, because I think he's fabulous. But um, incredibly smart when it came to online marketing at the time. Um, he was also working with some uh, incredible business development partners, all the big guys that we know about today that do really an amazing job of D2C 
um, my husband was already working with as well. So when I took the idea of applying that to beauty um, and being a, wanting to be able to do it myself, I at least also had his brain power to figure out the mechanics behind that as well. So Sinead, I want to really shift gears here and talk about um, skin health. And you told me that we can get personal here. So um, I know recently you had a diagnosis of skin cancer and you're really open with your network on LinkedIn about what was happening. Can you take us through that story? Yeah, it, it, it was a shock. I was diagnosed with stage two malignant melanoma and a pretty aggressive one at that. And Yeah, it was absolutely, at the time, it was devastating for a couple of reasons. Obviously, it's melanoma. But number two, I had just started a new job, literally started a job on Monday and was diagnosed, received the the news on Thursday, so four days later. And it was a huge shock to me for a lot of reasons. Number one, I am a huge proponent of skin health and sunscreen, and I have probably worn sunscreens consistently since I was about 17. And obviously, I'm an est- I, was, I am still an esthetician and preach skincare and skin health, been in the industry. And to get that diagnosis I, was heartbreaking. Um, but it was also terrifying at the same time because the spot on my cheek, and you can go to my LinkedIn posts, Um, or in my Instagram posts and have a look at it, it was a tiny, tiny mark on the left side of my cheek. And I know all the signs, all the A, B, C, Ds of melanoma. And yet I still didn't think it was. I was more concerned about a mole on my back and actually a mole on my toe. But I very gratefully had a pretty, pretty, pretty smart, obviously, a dermatologist that just couldn't let it go. She kept coming back to me during that appointment saying, I just don't like the look of this. And I was like, really, this, that's it? And she said, I'm gonna biopsy it. So I said, fine, and um, biopsied it. And then a week later got the news. But what was most disturbing to me was I almost didn't go to that dermatology meeting. And I think that's one of the things, especially with my post on LinkedIn that went pretty viral, was the fact that we as women, especially because we are working, we're career women, we're mothers, we're juggling so many different things that we oftentimes put our health last. And the only reason I went to this dermatology meeting is I was actually having a really crappy day at work. And I needed to just take a breather and a step back. And that's why I decided, God, I need to get out of here. So I'm not going to cancel that dermatology appointment because it was just a yearly check-in. I thought, I've just started this new job. Maybe what I'll do is I'll reschedule it for three months. If I had rescheduled it for three months, I cringe at what the outcome could have been because I was diagnosed on a Thursday and I had my first surgery on Monday at 8.30 a.m. because the doctor was like, I'm sorry, Sinead, this has to go out. We're really worried about how close it is to your lymph nodes. And that was terrifying to me because I would have put that off. 
if I wasn't having a bad day and just felt like I needed a break, right? So I, I always wonder now, and I, I'm very vocal about it, I am very passionate about it with my current team, that we go and take care of ourselves firsthand. And I want people to talk about what they're doing. So now I'm not ashamed to say, sorry guys, I've got a mammogram. Like, let's say that word, because if, even though I have males on my team, you've got, they've got sisters, they've got mothers, they've got wives. Let's normalize that conversation and the ability to take care of ourselves. So I say, sorry guys, I've got a dental appointment. I've got a mammogram and it's been awesome to see my team start to do the same things. And I think that is, is what is most important as well. Well, Sinead, um, I have my mammogram on Friday. Good. So I'm saying it here in the microphone. I am so proud of you. Don't put it off. So I agree. And that's the same for men too, right? They've, they've got their checkups, colonoscopies, all those things. But I, it's, we, if we don't have our health, we don't have anything. And, and that is where I have become extremely passionate about it. But especially when mine could have been caught a year earlier. And that's the bummer because it could have been a very easy procedure. But instead, you know, I now have a scar. It's covered right now, obviously, with makeup that runs all the way down my face. It's about this size. And it was, I had to have reconstructive surgery on top of it. It's a lot. And so prevention is really just so key on all levels, not just melanoma. Go for your annual skin check at your dermatologist. That's, I mean, I feel like people talk about mammograms more than they talk about skin checks, quite frankly. So we have to, we just keep talking about that. Um, I'm grateful that you shared that story. You know, we only have a few minutes left in this particular part of the interview. And I want to talk about something that's, I guess, um, maybe a natural segue, this idea of our careers being seductive. So this is a word I use a lot. I know it's a strange word for a business conversation, but I feel like in my career and in growing my business, when I get a taste of like my dream coming true. It's a seduction. It's like, oh my God, I want more, right? I'll I'll send more emails. I'll spend more time at my seat or um, I'll work through X, Y, Z. And I don't think that seduction needs to be a bad thing. I think it means also like, wow, I really have a lot of fun in my work, right? I don't know if I could be seduced by it if it's not fun. But, you know, it's a topic that's on my mind a lot. And I'm just curious about um, you know, how seduction in your career shows up for you and how you seek to find, um, you know, balance in your life through it? That's a great question. Wow. Um, it's hard because I do, I'm a builder. So I think for me, that's the seduction. I love building products, whether that's a skincare product or in my past life, it was an influencer marketing and technology platform. Now, as you know, I'm heavily in software technology, which is crazy to me, Um, but I'm building. I'm constantly building. And for me, that is probably my seduction. Um, And I agree with you. I don't really think that's a a bad thing. But in order for me to be satisfied with my job, I I do have to be creating and building. And I think that's also what's propelled me forward and actually allowed me to take more risks. So for instance, like the job that I have right now is so far out of my comfort zone, Jody. (laughs) No idea. And yet it has been extremely humbling, extremely rewarding, extremely tiresome as well. 
but it's the the seduction of building that keeps me going um, and allows me to innovate because I also see things that could be done better. And I'm all about better and easier too. So <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. If I, I'm not saying I will cut corners, but if there's easier ways to do th- something, I will, I will figure that out for sure. Yeah, we call that working smarter, not harder, yeah, right? Yeah. Why struggle? Yeah. Um, okay, before we close out the interview, I want to talk about this gift that you're going to give one of our lucky winners oh, on Instagram. Yeah. Um, this is a subscription for six months to BuzzSumo. So yes. what is BuzzSumo? Yep. So BuzzSumo, just so everybody knows, is a um, a part of the Cision family. We own a number of brands like uh, Falcon IO, Brandwatch. We've gotten a number of different companies under our umbrella, but I thought this would actually be a a great entry point into Cision because sometimes people don't need the robustness, you know, of of what Cision is. And BuzzSumo is an incredible tool to not only be able to help inform content creation, so it can detect trends, Um, with online content in social. It's also an amazing tool to be able to monitor any kind of activity. So if you are a brand owner, like a beauty owner or a um, independent esthetician who's building her brand, whatever it is, it's just a really, really cool self, you know, just self-serve tool that I think um, your users would find really helpful. So we are uh, giving away a six-month subscription, which I think is worth around $600, $600 600-something dollars. Oh, that's so exciting. Okay, so there's going to be details about BuzzSumo and how to enter on our Instagram at Where Brains Meet Beauty podcast. So we will get that available to you and um, share the rules of that giveaway with you. So thank you so much for your generosity. I want you to know, Sinead, we are a Cision agency. We subscribe to Cision and also Falcon IO. IO, And my team really loves Falcon. Oh, great. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's awesome. Well, we have a ton of improvements and innovations coming out. So... I will connect with you when I'm hopefully in New York so that I can give you a little sneak peek. So <laughs> Awesome. Okay, my team will definitely want to be there. Okay, so now we move on to our last and final part of this show, which are fan questions. So we collect questions from fans on social, and then um, we'll put them in front of you. Okay, this first question is so good. Um, what's one thing you would tell your 20-year-old self? Oh, wow. Take that risk take that risk, do it. And don't listen to advice that does not mean anything to you. That would be meaning, be careful who you ask advice from. And I I would just say, take that risk, but also watch where you get your advice from, right? Like you don't want to ask someone about taking a risk with a job or starting a company you don't want to ask somebody that's been in their role for 30 years, right? Wrong person to ask because <laughs> they're not risk takers. So I would I would say that. I love that advice. It actually makes me think of another piece of advice I got. I wish I knew this a long ago. 
God, I wish I knew the way it's said, but basically like when you need support, go to the people who can actually provide support as opposed to going to, I think they say like, don't go to the dry well or something if you need water, you know, something like that. You know, I wish I knew. And I think that goes into taking advice. Like, you know, there's different people in your life for different things. Not everybody can give you that support and emotional kindness, you know, and generosity. Some people just, they're not capable and that's okay. But you have to like really think about where you're going to when you really need that like that boost or that hug or whatever it is. Agreed. Agreed. Totally. That was a good question. Ooh. Okay. This is a good one too. What is your go-to self-care ritual? Oh, um, it's changed over the years, but right now I would actually say meditation. That is for me, self-care is beyond just beauty. For me, it's mental. And that is like kind of my new frontier. <laughs> it's, I've got to get my mental state more harmonious. <laughs> so Um, I have been incorporating more and more meditation over the years. So that for me is a a, a very, very important part of my self-care. Are you able to share what that routine looks like? Yeah, it's, you know, it depends on my mood, to be honest. So like um, I, I meditate at night going to sleep. But for instance, this morning, I felt like I just needed a boost. So I did a morning meditation early I think it's important to try and get some sunlight. And and I say that when I said I wear sunscreen all the time, but there is something to be said about actually seeing sunlight, being outside. So this morning I was outside and did a morning meditation and it's always guided, you know, so I've probably 30 different meditation apps, Um, but it depends on the mood. And then there's times where I have to like psych myself up, you know, before a a client call or something like that. And then I'll just shift. So it's, it's really mood-based to be honest. That's so interesting. I never really, you know, I, I, I have a sunscreen wardrobe, a different sunscreen for different purposes for different moments, but I never thought about a meditation wardrobe. And that's really what you're, what you're talking about, totally. right? A different type of meditation for different types of needs. Um, I love that. That's really actually quite, quite helpful to me today. Good, 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 good. Okay, we have time for one more question. This is a good one. Um, what's, what's a key tip for keeping yourself organized in such an important position like you have? Ooh. Um, I mean, I utilize a lot of tools. So there's tools that keep us organized just from an internal and corporate standpoint, right? And then personally, I leverage things like OneNote. Um, I categorize all my thoughts, my to-do lists, my um, whatever it is, I utilize OneNote a lot. We also utilize, we, I say that by my husband and I and our family, we utilize Asana. Um, And so because we've got a lot of moving parts, we have real estate investments and things like that that we just have to keep track of. Um, So we utilize Asana. um, And then I live and die by my calendar. My calendar, if it's not on my calendar, it doesn't happen. So I will schedule things like silly things prepping, you know, for whatever. But if it's not on my calendar, it doesn't, it doesn't happen. So I'd say those three things are are the key for me trying to to stay organized. Um, And then all the usual stuff, as I'm sure everybody else does. I mean, to my left of me, you guys can't see it. I have a full filing system and um, I utilize Dropbox. My entire life is on Dropbox. Dropbox. Um, So files, all of that. But I do stay very organized. That is one thing I, I pr- 
pretty proud of. (laughs) I love this. Well, thank you for sharing those tips with us. And that concludes our 204th episode. So thank you for being number 204. Are you kidding? I am so proud of you. It has been so amazing to see your progression (laughs) over the years. It's just been amazing, Jody. So congratulations. Sinead, I'm so grateful for your wisdom and for sharing your stories with us. Thank you so much for having me, Jody. I really appreciate it. And thanks to everybody out there. And I look forward to giving uh, whoever is the amazing winner our uh, BuzzSumo subscription. And for our listeners, I hope you enjoyed this interview. Please subscribe to our series on your favorite podcast app. And for updates about the show, follow us on Instagram at Where Brains Meet Beauty Podcast. Thanks for listening to Where Brains Meet Beauty with Jody Katz. Tune in again for more authentic conversations with beauty leaders.